Okay, so I've been talking this whole time and my microphone was muted. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll have to edit that on out. All right, so my name is Vanessa Leck and today's video is going to be on several topics. I'm going to go in order as quickly as I possibly can. I, if you have not listened to, if you're listening to podcasts and can't see the video, um, you can find Hello Vanessa Media video slash podcast on rumble.com backslash Hello Vanessa Media, youtube.com backslash Hello Vanessa Media all podcasting platforms that you would listen to podcasts anywhere. You can also find LinkedIn where I'm streaming live right now as well as streaming live right now on YouTube and hellovanessamedia.com backslash info for more information about all of this. Okay. So this is going to be about my never ending topic about the U S department of veterans affairs, the saga. Yes. I have a playlist on that entitled saga U S department of veterans affairs on my YouTube channel. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is a content machine in and of itself, giving me more material than I might be ever able to cover in my entire lifetime on this organization, unfortunately for me. I have a storied history of the organization. I'm not going to give you the backstory. If you want the backstory that bad, you can watch and listen to the video slash podcast. There's plenty of them, more than I can remember at this point. So I'm going to go in order. U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs survey is something I've been covering a lot. There just seems to be trends in my topics, and this has become one of them. So I had mentioned before that there was a survey, a digital one that I received, I'd completed. I went over the question or the information about that. Um, you can check out that video if you want slash podcast. It's up and available now. And I said I'd cover it, and in true to my word, I am. The survey when it came, the paper one in the mail, I think that it looked different than the digital one. And I think it was a lot longer, but I could be wrong. Maybe it's just the format that made it seem longer. It came in an eight-page booklet, eight-page booklet. And that's really long. Um, and I'm really surprised at how long it was. I've never seen a healthcare survey that long. It's from this company that is some kind of contract that they suspect called Ipsos. I initially received this um, card, postcard in the mail about it. I whited out some information for my privacy. And then it was basically saying that you're going to be getting this survey in the mail. The VA I've learned loves to send way too much mail. They love wasting paper and ink. It's a thing that they do. They just cannot help themselves at all. It's pretty inefficient in my opinion, what they're doing. And I don't care for it. All right. So then also I received the actual one in the mail in this envelope here, big white governmental looking envelope here. This is what it looked like. And the company's name Ipsos is on the back of it that I mentioned the very top. If you can see that, I'm not quite sure if you can. Anyways, inside the envelope was another envelope where you could return the, the healthcare survey. And it was an eight page booklet. I have completed it and I have put it, placed it in the envelope and it's about to be mailed out as soon as this video is over with today. However, I also included a letter because there was no, despite what it said on the prior informational survey thing, there was no, no place to write comments. So I wrote a letter and I included it because I did not feel that the survey was at all indicative of the experiences I had with the VA um, recently or ever. And also, uh, there was a lot of mundane, routine healthcare type questions, but they're asked in such a way and they're so detailed. I don't think most people could remember the answers to them to answer them accurately. So I repeatedly said, I don't remember because it's just stuff I wouldn't store away. You know, like there was just, I mean, there was such boring, mundane questions. I can't remember what they were because that's how not memorable they were. 
So, so I'm going to go ahead and read the letter I wrote and more problems have emerged from the VA from my direct experience today, actually. Um, and so that's going to lead the rest of this video. And I redacted some of this letter that I typed up and sent in with my survey because to protect my privacy and the privacy of um, one of their managers. To whom it may concern, my answers to the survey hardly reflect my direct experiences of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. My experience of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is that while there are many exceptional humans that work inside of the organization, that the organization itself is corrupt to its core with an evil streak. I have nearly 10 years of experience dealing with and tolerating the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Through these nearly 10 years, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs has become the bane of my existence and my nemesis. The organization seeks to purge honest employees and deprive military veterans of their right to informed consent, quality health care, and empowered health care choices. For example, today, May 27, 2021, I learned that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is intentionally blocking military veterans from filling prescriptions of any kind from non-VA healthcare providers, meaning that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is continuing to deprive military veterans of their informed consent rights, healthcare empowerment, and engagement as a human being. Also in my, so I'm going to pause right there and elaborate on what I'm talking about. Okay. So basically, and I'm, I'm going to get to this a little bit later about what was referred to. Uh, it's actually, I'll just get to it now. The VHA Veterans Health Administration Outpatient Pharmacy Handbook 1108.05 is what's being referred to. And in that, basically the VA is relying upon it, which I read it and I strongly disagree with it. And I'll get to that later, um, is trying to basically say, we refuse and we don't have to um, provide any type of prescriptions of any kind for any military veteran, even if they're eligible fully for healthcare services here, um, be, uh, if unless we can control that provider, meaning that that healthcare provider works directly for the VA as an employee or, or that healthcare provider is in the community care network, which is basically an insurance network, okay? The reality is, is that there's many licensed healthcare providers and many, and many of them are not going to work for the VA or be in that network. And so you're going to have military veterans one way or another, they're accessing care, even if it means paying out of pocket at times, paying cash, for example, healthcare providers that are fully licensed, that are fully reputable, that may be specialists in certain areas for healthcare services. And they may make recommendations because that's what healthcare providers tend to do and may prescribe medicine if they're a prescriber, because that's what healthcare providers in some cases do if they're a prescriber and that the VA will not on is refusing to honor those recommendations and those prescriptions is what I was told today by the Alexandria, Louisiana Veterans Affairs Medical Center pharmacy. Okay. And that is the VHA Outpatient Pharmacy Handbook 1108.05. You can Google that. It's public information is basically what they're relying upon to do that. I looked and I disagree with it is all I'm going to say. And I'll move on from there. So I really disagree with this because basically the decisions that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs makes, I've noticed historically into this very day, are directed and centered on limiting veterans' choices and controlling veterans and making them a captive audience. And Congress even has a hard time controlling the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs because it's so out of hand. And 
they that's why they created things like the VA Mission Act 2018. That's why they created the Deborah Samson Act that was recently passed very recently. Um, that's why they have all this legislation like the VA Accountability Act 2017 that came about. That's why they have all this legislation coming about and they're trying to micromanage the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs because it's just out of control. And their management consistently try to sidestep the laws and try to ignore the laws that they're supposed to be following and try to make policies like this, uh, one that they're trying to point out, VHA Outpatient Pharmacy Handbook 1108.05. They continue to try to create uh, policies or try to present policies in such a way so as to limit the rights, the emp empowerment that a military veteran could potentially have in their healthcare decisions and informed consent rights to be able to have all the information through, say, a second opinion outside the VA um, to really be fully engaged and informed about their healthcare decisions and cutting off access to their pharmacy for licensed, legitimate healthcare providers providing legitimate routine prescriptions is despicable. It's despicable. And that's what the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is doing right now and getting away with it. So I have report, I've already started a congressional complaint. I've already filed another one today about this very issue. And I've, I've submitted a abbreviated letter to the Veterans Affairs Office Inspector General. And I think, I don't know if any of that is really going to matter, but the reality is veterans have to push back against these type of things. And I don't know honestly how veterans are getting really their needs met at all and the healthcare that they need through the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs because it's a problem at every single turn. And it's a problem in such a way that it's like, it's it's unexpected, the problems that you would encounter because it's just so routine and so mundane. You'd think like, how could this become a problem? And then it's like a problem because the management, the VA are constantly making decisions against military veterans and honest employees. And this is yet another example of that. And so the congressional complaint I filed through Mike Johnson's office, I believe that they'll help me. They've helped me in the past. They've been a great help assistance. Um, I, I plan to point this out through their office, which I already have, and um, to make them answer on the record. And then I'm going to report right back about that well, right here. Right here is where I'm going to do it because I've tried for nearly 10 years to work things out with VA management. This organization does not work, want to work with anybody. Okay. They don't want to work with anybody, this organization. Now there are exceptional people that work there. They're mostly going to be in subordinate positions and not decision-making positions. Okay. And the VA does not like to keep people around that don't hold the party line of what these managers want them to say and do has been my direct experience and what I've observed of this organization. I read about a military veteran who had cancer. There's many of them now, thanks to toxic hazardous exposures during their military service, okay? Especially during certain deployments, I've noticed. And some domestic, okay? You can check out CCK, Hills and Ponton YouTube channels. They have a lot more information if you're interested in that. I'm not going to be covering that today. But one of those military veterans was in a news article not too terribly long ago. They were receiving oncology cancer treatment from an expert oncologist, and their oncologist was making recommendations about what medications that they need for treatment of their cancer. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, according to that article that I read, was refusing to, was blocking their ability to fill those potentially life-saving or life-extending medications. Okay. So I don't know if that is connected to this, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. More people have to legally fight back against the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and always possible.
This organization has a lot of allies, like the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, in my opinion, which more often than not will side with the VA and help their office of general counsel, which I'll put up here. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and Office of General Counsel I'm referring to, Veterans Affairs, will help them, the EOC, help the OGC with basically helping the VA management get away with whatever, okay? That was my direct experience, all right? That's why I just abandoned the process. And the Merit System Protection Board isn't any better in the Office of Special Counsel I have a pretty low opinion of as well, okay? And that was during the time I worked there nearly six years ago, back when that those were the only things that really existed, Um Compared to now, there's more bureaucracy and layers, and I haven't dealt with any of that, thank God. I, I got out. I quit the job. I couldn't take anymore because I was being retaliated against for whistleblower disclosures. Okay, so so I also reported this information to Office of Inspector General in an abbreviated letter, not because I necessarily think that they'll do anything, but one thing that they noted in the letter and on their website is that they – look for patterns of complaints. So if they receive enough complaints, according to what they said, they'll look into things further. So I feel the need every time something big in my view is coming up on my radar to go ahead and report that to the Office Inspector General of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs in order to basically they can make note of it. Maybe it'll make a difference. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But, you know, I'm just going to let them know and make note of that. Um, but I'm just horrified and continue to be astounded on a daily basis the volume of decisions that are made inside the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs against military veterans and the people that support them, that work there. And I've said for years, and I'm going to say it again, thousands of Veterans Affairs managers need to be terminated from their employment immediately nationwide in all these different facilities that they have and run. And until that happens, these types of decisions being made against veterans will never stop. You know, when I worked at the VA, I cannot tell you how many disparaging remarks were made by VA employees and management about veterans. And not all veterans are perfect people, even if they're in management at the VA. This I know for sure. And not all civilians that are not military affiliated are bad. This I know for sure. Sometimes you have non-military um, affiliated uh, civilian managers that are excellent, that are truthful, that are going to keep it super real if they get tasked with uh, an internal investigation. I've seen this firsthand. It happens. And I've seen the reverse where military veterans are in management positions will do the opposite. So, you know, people are not perfect and people are unique. And so it takes all kinds. But um, we'll see what becomes of this now. I'm not really holding my breath. It's very obvious to me as I communicate with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and, you know, with this congressional office and with, um, you know, uh, it's obvious to me that not that many military veterans are really questioning what's being said, you know, and I encourage everyone that's a military veteran or having to deal with the VA that if you're being told no to something and not getting your needs met, I really encourage you to do what I did today. And it's something I have to train myself on. And that is to find, get the name of the person that is telling you no, what department do they work in? Okay, what that's very important. So there's like a bazillion departments at the VA and all their different branches. Okay, and that's something I've been guilty of not doing. Is that if there's an inquiry or complaints of any kind, the first question is me. Well, who did you talk to and what department were they in? And if you don't know that basic information, it's a problem. And then the third thing is a lot of times they're going to cite sometimes, not always, a rule, a policy, a regulation, a law. Sometimes they're not. 
Either way, make sure you, you get the information about whatever it is that you're citing and write it down so you can look it up. So you can do your own research and figure it out. Today, they did not cite a policy rule law or regulation. I had to ask them, where, what are you, where is this coming from? I had to go through three people. The third person, a supervisor, did call me back after they did their research. I was able to communicate with them. And they did give me the information that I just gave everyone their mother, which is VHA Outpatient Pharmacy Handbook 1108.05. I disagree with this, and I am challenging it immediately through the OIG, through a congressional complaint, and I'm publicly advocating for change because these policies are detrimental to veterans. And the veterans should be there. Veterans Affairs should be there to serve veterans, not whoever decides to just make up these rules. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to be researching more about it because there's there's more that I don't know that I need to know about. Okay, so also in my direct experience, this is back to my letter that I sent with the survey today, the VA survey, the chief of a certain department, I redacted that, and possibly one other person whose identity I do not know intentionally blocked my right to inform consent, healthcare empowerment, and choice by denying my community care referral. I don't know how common this is. I don't have access to that information, but it's happening to me. I bet you it's happening to a lot of other people. I complained about this. I did a whole video series on this slash podcast series. Um, and I did report this to Office Inspector General of Veterans Affairs and also Congressional Office about this. And I also made a bunch of videos about it. I reported this illegal. Okay, I already mentioned that to you. And then uh, the denial was reversed. Shocking because I raised hell. All right. So, yeah. All right, so it's kind of summing it up in my letter. I'm challenged. So um, the truth is that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Management overall does not want military veterans to have choices. This is what I believe. There's good managers at the VA, but there's a lot of bad ones. Um, I've just seen enough to know that it's not at one facility. It's not one region. It's, I believe it's at all. Of them. I really do believe it's at all of them. After researching, studying, working, dealing, receiving um, services from this organization, I believe it's all of the VAs. I think it's a systemic problem. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Management overall want military veterans to act like robots and take orders and to obey their authority so as to preserve their taxpayer-funded salaries, benefits, and retirement benefits inside of a very broken taxpayer-funded civil service system. That's my opinion. I believe that the U.S. based upon my experience and research of the organization, I believe that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is likely one of the most corrupt, if not the most corrupt, federal agencies that America has to offer while simultaneously currently holding, to the best of my knowledge, I read this online, the second largest budget of all of the federal agencies in America. And a lot of people think that all that money is going to military veterans. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't. Google veterans affairs, mismanagement, money, corruption, you know, do those keywords. You can start reading articles about money that has been wasted time and again on mismanagement of building projects, on um, corruption, on bonus money, on all of these things. And Congress likes to act like there's some helpless victim, like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know what was happening. They like to do that. I'm actually going to do a history of the secretaries of the VA video about this topic because the VA secretaries are just frequently used as scapegoats. And granted, they're not all good, that's for sure, but they're not as bad as what's made out. And honestly, even when you got a bad one, they're surrounded by a bad bunch of bad people. It's not just one person at the very top of a supersized organization that's creating the problems. It's the organization itself that's creating the problems and the management inside of it. Not just one, a whole bunch of people, okay? This is a systemic problem. It's not just an isolated person type problem here going on. It's very naive to think that it is. I used to think that when I first started out working in the organization, and I realized very quickly as I was observing and researching, that's not the case. 
Instead, Congress has enabled these problems in many ways and has only just in recent years started to try to rein this in. And, and even congressional politicians, some of them acknowledge that they have very limited control of this organization. I mean, it's they have it's just it's a monstrous organization. It's just huge. They've created a monster. And um, you know, there have been performance measures that have been created by Congress which have enabled corruption inside the organization, bonus money being given out to managers. I, I've learned the hard way that people, some people will do anything for a dollar, anything. And uh, Congress has failed to take appropriate responsibility for the issues inside the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, engaging on political theater when they have these hearings about the VA and not taking responsibility and owning their role in the dysfunction of this organization because there is plenty of blame to go around. This is not just a one-person problem. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is a propaganda machine intentionally misleading the public and the military community like about their attentions. And this is true. They have so many resources that they're devoting to propaganda. Um, you know, you see that this is a lot at the national level. I'm not seeing it so much in the regional level. Propaganda being pushed out on social media platforms, videos, podcasts, um, social media posts. Uh, yeah. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is immune from almost any justice and accountability, especially within their management ranks. The Veterans Affairs Office of Inspector General. Let me see. There we go. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Office of Inspector General. They have been kind of leading the way with actually holding people accountable on some level at the VA, which is a miracle of sorts that anyone's been able to figure that out. Um, I recently heard that there was allegedly an arrest of some kind with um, an employee at the VA for allegedly um, engaging in some illegal behavior. I'm not going to get into it because I don't have the article in front of me, but I saw it. I was really happy to see that, um, just to see that there's real justice and accountability being served up at the VA for once. I really believe that's the tip of the iceberg and a lot more needs to show up in that way. Um but, you know, it's a big organization. So it's a just enormous task. I actually called in the office inspector general today and I called their numbers, a number of them. I couldn't get through through any of them. So I ended up just using their digital fax. I used a fax and faxed them um, what I had to say about my latest complaints. All right. So the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Management have made and continue to make decisions that are not best for honest U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs employees and military veterans. I believe the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs could care less about military veterans or the people that truly want to serve military veterans. That's the truth as I see it. That's my opinion. Okay, so I'm going to dive right into the next thing, and that is I've been doing video series. It's become a series about the tech issues, dysfunction, mismanagement, and outages of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs technology. Um, I've been doing it from a military veteran angle for the most part. Um, and you can check out those videos if you have a playlist on YouTube, but they're also showing up on Rumble. I'm trying to upload my backlog of videos onto Rumble that are also on YouTube, uh, but oh my God, this takes so much time. It's just amazing. And so, um, currently though, I'm posting in real time, the videos that I do in post on Rumble and everything like that and everywhere else. So you can see them there, but, um, there was another outage in the last number of days. Um, it looks like May 19th is when I took the screenshots. 
Yeah, it looks like May 19th. It was in the evening time when I noticed there was an outage. And so I'm going to go ahead and start to change up my screen here so that I can add this. Okay, so this is it. So I try to log in to, usually I go through ebenefits.va.gov. I go through that to get the email through the VA, the VA email to email the VA people, okay? There's a lot of different ways to go through and access it. I do it that way. So I went there and this is the, the page that showed up, not found in some mumbo jumbo that I don't even know what that's about, okay? So that that's what happened there. Now I'm going to go ahead and share the next one. Um, so then I started doing my usual troubleshooting to try to work around because I needed to access the information. Um, all right. So this is not the screen I wanted to share. Um, hold on. Stop screen. Share screen. Nope, still not the screen I wanted. Okay, so I'll just go out of order um, because it's just taking too much time. So basically this screen shows that it's not allowing me into my healthy vet. That's an, my healthy vet, part of the convoluted U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs tech system, software system, is part of the problem. <laughs> Anyways, I tried to go through there to get to the VA email. I could not access it. Shocker. Okay. This is what it was saying. We couldn't upgrade your My Healthy Vet account. It's really weird that they say you have to upgrade to get to somewhere. Well, I've been upgraded forever. So I that is not accurate. Their system is clearly failing. Okay. So I went ahead and uh, saw that. And then also saw this. All right. And so this is the epitome of it. This was the real issue that they're down basically the, my healthy vet on May 19th, when the screenshot was taken. Um, Oh, uh, sorry. We're working on the site right now. My healthy vet is temporarily offline for routine maintenance. We should be back online soon. Thank you for your patience, blah, blah, blah. Okay. What's really annoying to me about this. And I even saw this was that they're like, Oh, sorry for the inconvenience. I think I saw one of the screens or seen that when the site's been down before the different sites, it really bugs me because of the fact that this resource um of like being able to email the va people inside their system because that's the only way to do it because it's convoluted is a real life it's a real lifeline it's real vital for a number of military veterans that need to use it that like to use it and that are um trying to use it to communicate with the va people because you can communicate through multiple departments that way okay so that's really quite frustrating and this is not something where it's off for routine maintenance uh, routine maintenance should not be taken offline this frequently. It's been just over a month and I've been able to identify, I would say, um, hold on a second. I've been able to identify three outages just I've noticed in the past month and change roughly. Okay. If you go look at the, my other videos I've done on this with the VA tech issues, you can see the dates that I cite because I've screenshot these things and there's dates in there in those screenshots. All right. And so this is a pretty routine problem that they're having at the VA. It's an ongoing situation with uh, no likely change in sight. All right. And that's a serious issue. It's a problem. It's chronic. It seems to be in multiple systems. So I'd say systemic. Okay. Is what I'd argue. And 
Yeah, that's what I have to say about that. More tech issues. Shocker. So I know my videos are pretty large and I've been informed that they're very and like they have a lot of information in them. And that's great. I'm glad people find them informative. Um, but I also know that it probably can be overwhelming possibly as I empty out my brain about the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and all my many unfortunate experiences with the organization. Okay. And so um, I am hmm, I am uh, breaking up the editing the videos, some of them, not all of them, I'm still limited time, um, into smaller bite-sized pieces for people to see on based upon their topic or well, based upon the topics. And so um, I've done this and they're typically range from 40 something seconds to like three minutes. And so I've been doing that and I'm probably gonna do that with this video as well, breaking it down and then releasing them on the various platforms. All right, wish you all the best. Bye.